0: I'm Abby Lee, and welcome to A Single Conversation, Single Thread theaters podcast dedicated to all things immersive. Here at Single Thread Theatre, we like to think that some of the best experiences are the immersive experiences, which is why Single Thread Theatre puts on plays in non-traditional theatre spaces, in order to completely immerse the audience and captivate them within the world of the play. Whether you're a rookie or an expert of the immersive experience, keep listening, because we're going to be talking with some other companies that provide immersive experiences in order to talk about the awesomeness and, we think, the importance of immersive adventures. Today, I am excited to be in the presence of Emma, who is the head game developer at Improbable Escapes in downtown Kingston. So
1: thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with me today. Uh, To start this off, if somebody came up to you and wanted to know what Improbable Escapes was, what would you tell
2: them? Alright, so my official answer to this is Mm -hmm. we are a live-action, like, room escape experience. So what that means is you come, you're in an experience for, well, now up to 90 minutes, but normally it's about 60, and you have to solve a challenge. So a lot of times people think escape rooms are escaping, but almost none of our games actually involve that. So you come and you have to sort of like search through the Mayan jungle and like steal an artifact, or you have to survive the hour, or you have to like talk with a ghost, or you have
1: to find the cure to zombies because the entire world has become zombies. As somebody who's done a bunch of these rooms before, (laughs) um, I've, I've loved all of them, but what I really noticed is that like some of them are more similar to routine settings. So like Love Letter Lockdown, it's like you're in a classroom setting. Whereas of course, like Legend of the Mayan Temple, you're running through this temple trying to steal an artifact, which you probably wouldn't do on a day-to-day basis, I would think. Uh, so do you find that people respond more to like, the more adventure type settings or like the more routine settings, or does it totally depend on the audience?
2: Um, it totally depends on the audience. Uh, we, as a company, are growing. So you can see our beginning games, which are like a school or like a hospital, and then our later games, which is like an arctic base or a Mayan temple, is becoming more adventure more immersive, more you're actually in the world. Families, I find like families with small children will 100% pick the school setting over the temple setting. Um, but then, like young adults tend to do like corners or the cure or something like that. So it just depends on like where you are at. Also, tourists seem to tend to lean towards uh, like love letters. So
1: oh, that's so to interesting to me because I think the tourists are on an adventure already, like they <laughs> would go to an even bigger adventure like that. Yeah. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe they're not totally accustomed to immersive experiences and they're like, this is good for me right now. <laughs> yeah, it's,
2: it's a good starting
1: one. I don't think it's too intimidating. It's just like, oh, like I know what a school is. It's very, it's very true. That's the one I started off with. So I'm like, I'm too scared of coroner Of course, so this seems good. <laughs> yeah, we actually uh, we have an outdoor experience. So well, we have two now. One opened last week, but we have one called Catchment
2: Inside Side that's been open uh, for about a year and a half. Um, and it's also really good for tourists because it's just a puzzle experience through the city. So you're like, go to this cool spot, do a puzzle, go to this cool spot, do a puzzle, go to this cool spot. But the funny thing about that game is so many people in Kingston now know about it. We have to warn people not to take hints from
1: strangers. People- oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's like the pinnacle of the immersive experience is that like the people who aren't in the experience are also hopping in on it. Yeah. <laughs> do people often give the correct hint or do people like lead them way across the city thank god we haven't had that yet (laughs) most of the time it's the
2: correct hand. most of the time it's like oh look over there you're looking for that thing very subtly point
1: out the prop everyone thinks they're helping that's that's so fantastic i love that so much like i think that's so specific to immersive experiences like Um, I was talking about this, actually, with um, Wendy from The Screening Room, uh, about how I've had a couple times where I've just been going to an immersive experience to watch, and I think there was one time I was going to this one, and it was, it was, like, Bruce Springsteen themed, so I'm like, I'm going to dress up and, I put on a leather jacket, and people thought that I was an actor, and so they kept watching me, but I was just sitting there, like, being really boring, not doing anything, and so it's, like, it's so cool when you can't quite tell, like, what's being, yes. like, what's being fabricated and what's actually real. I guess that's kind of our <laughs> job, though, it's to blur the lines, it's like to keep everyone expecting and waiting for something to happen because you never know. One of my favourite things about immersive experiences, like escape rooms or theatre, is I feel like they bring out people's inner child a little bit yes. and it totally lowers their inhibition, so you said yes, I'm guessing you've seen this for yourself, That was going to be <laughs> my next question, like, have you seen this for yourself and, like, why do you think that immersive experiences do this?
2: So it's just a chance. We're, we're giving you an opportunity to just create the fun, essentially. And constantly, you'll hear people just like screaming their heads off because they're having so much fun. And I think it's, it's literally just challenging people's point of view. Like you're doing it yourself. You're not just sitting there. You're not just watching a movie. You're thinking about it. You're creating the story yourself as you play through it. Um, I think it just gives people an opportunity to let go. When you let people kind of have fun and go crazy, their
1: inner child just comes out. That's so true, and I think sometimes with immersive escapes or theater or whatnot, it's like kind of like a totally different, oh, uh, what is, not I'm, I'm losing the word, like social script. That's, yeah. what, that's what I was looking for, <laughs> so like, instead of like, okay, you have to, sit down and not do anything. It's like, okay, you have to get out of this room, other than, you know, ripping up the ceiling tiles, kind of like, do everything. And so, like, people get really excited about that, I would think.
2: Yeah, it's, it's challenging them to do things they haven't done. It's like, like, jump into a foam pit. Like, you have to now, like, slide down the slide. Like, an adult, you don't often find yourself in positions where you're like, okay,
1: to do this right, I need to jump into a foam pit. <laughs> I remember actually in the same show that um, I was just talking about there was a part where in the middle of it they had this giant dance break. So they put on this song and all the characters started <laughs> dancing. And it was hilarious because no one knew what to do. They're like, do I dance? But like people are gonna look at me, like what do I do? And I think everyone just went crazy. And oh my dancing. gosh. Well <laughs> so, like there were a couple people, like the people who did dance, they were just like, they were loving it. Speaking of the quirkiness of immersive experiences, one of my favorite things as definitely a quirky person myself, <laughs> I love that immersive experiences are still
0: against the norm
1: of that traditional experience, like immersive theaters. And, like, the norm for theater and immersive escapes are, like, relatively new, I I would think.
2: They're new, but they're catching on. They're, like, like oh,
1: they're catching, like, wildfire.
2: Oh, yeah. We have over a thousand people a month, like, come through and oh, do an God. immersive experience. That's fantastic. Like, it's just... It's new but I think everybody loves it so much and it's becoming normalized that nobody feels like weird about it anymore. Like It's not weird to want to go do an escape room.
1: I feel like people when they share in these quirky experiences they tend to bring large groups with them. Like yeah. why do you think people love sharing quirky experiences in particular <laughs> together? I think it just
2: creates like team bonding. It creates fun. Like we've had Interviews come through like big companies bring a group of people. Oh really? Put them into the room Or like and just watch the cameras as like their candidates play through Because You really get to see who someone is like you get to see like who steps up and who's leader Who's like a little
1: quieter, who has all the wrong ideas. So okay, so (laughs) to make sure I understand that so not like companies but they bring in people that might be hired for a job? Yeah, so we have a lot of team building as well, but like
2: we have, yeah, we have interviews. We have one company in particular who does it every once in a while, and they just, it brings out the real you. Like, you can't, you can't hold back. Like, if you sit out, like, you're going to be the weird one in the room not playing with the volcano in the corner.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, it's just interesting. It, like, brings out who people are. I would, I would really think so as well. Like, I recently took part in this one experience where there was, one, on one side there was part of the group, and on the other side there was another. And so, if you're there with a group, half of your group can see one side, and half of your group can see the other side. So, if you aren't good at communicating or if you have some teamwork problem, like, you're not getting out of that room because you need to be able to communicate really well and half the times you need things from the other side, yes, right? <laughs> your side, and I would imagine that is very good for people who are being yeah. interviewed because then they'll be able to see, like, okay, can these people work well in a group? Like, yeah. let's see in a real world example, I say, as you escape from Mayan temple. Like
2: a lot of, almost... Every single room, you need to work together to get out. If you don't work together, you're just like standing still. And same with, like, there's logic puzzles, like, you have to do logic together. And like, if you can't communicate, nothing's gonna happen. We had a game once where we started people on opposite sides of a wall. The puzzle was pretty simple, like, you were were handcuffed to the wall, and you had to, like, move your handcuff through a wall, like a maze in the wall, and you'd come across locks. And you'd have to talk to your friends on the other side of the wall who were doing the same thing about what they saw to get your locks open, to keep moving your handcuff through the maze to eventually get to the end to get it. We realized pretty quickly we couldn't start teams with this puzzle. Because even though they, they come to a lock and they'd be like, what do you see on the other side? And on the other side, the team had this big like, number just written out for them. People wouldn't get it there would be like a big percentage of people who would solve it immediately and there'd be a big percentage of people who just never talked. Oh my
1: gosh. They're just like, we're stuck now, oh yeah, well. Yeah, we're just
2: <laughs> accepting our fate. <laughs> going to stay at this wall forever. And then our hosts would come down and be like, so you guys gotta talk, chat, communicate, what do you see? And then they'd kind of figure it out, get past that lock, get to the next one, and they'd have to just do the opposite thing back and they'd be stuck again.
1: It's, it's funny, I've, I've talked to a few people now and every so often the light kind of goes on I'm like, oh, I never thought of that before. I feel <laughs> like I didn't really see this parallel with immersive theater and escape rooms, but I find with immersive theater, it's very much the same because if you're an audience member and you're not communicating with the actor, you're not really having that experience and you need to really like be in... present moment with everybody, I think, in an immersive (laughs) theatre experience, because otherwise you're either moved or like you don't really get the full experience. Like, I would imagine one would in an escape room if they're not communicating with their partners. Yeah,
2: exactly. Like, I'm such a big advocate of just like, go to these, go crazy, don't hold back. Like, be yourself and you will go farther and be better.
1: Okay, I have one question here that I actually asked to Sherlock's Escape, so I'm very curious to see if the answers match or if you have a different answer for this. So why do you think people are so drawn to the idea of escaping from an immersive world? (laughs) The deep questions. We have an entire game development team trying to uh,
2: answer that question every single day. I think people come because it's genuinely just fun. It's just a great experience. You have to come It's a full hour to yourself in a space where anything can happen. Like it's full of magic, it's full of wonder. It's the same reason people like read books or watch movies, it like teleports you to a different world. And for a minute you can be like outside of your world playing a different thing. It's it's created to create like moments and enjoyments and it's created to make you scream and like terror or joy and like it's to make you feel things and I think people really, really latch onto that. I'm a, I'm a giant uh, escape room addict. But I also love immersive theater. I've played, I think, over 200 of them wow. <laughs> all together. <laughs> I have a small problem. <laughs> I play a lot. I like go on, I like tour. I like go to a, a different city and be like. And choose it based on like what escape rooms I have. That's so
1: that's awesome though it's so great <laughs> to have that passion for this. It's funny yeah and I, I
2: like I just do it because I love it so much like it's um it's not market research it's nothing like that it's just because I, I have the most fun when I do one of them and I think we provide that experience to other people as so. well.
1: Yeah, That's a great answer. It's, it is so exciting because so much of the time like when you're going through life you kind of just like, are in your bubble of only your world and when like, you get to see a totally new world but still have that sort of like you still have like a bit of a safe space with it because yeah. like with immersive theater like, there, there really are no stakes other than like maybe your own embarrassment a little yeah. bit in, like <laughs> escape rooms again there is that sort of like adrenaline rush but ultimately it's like okay like don't (laughs) worry the door will open and you will get out so it's like it's exciting to be immersed in a world while also having that little bit of like of safety as well so you get to you get to take risks but in a more adaptive way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can definitely monitor
2: your own risk. You can come into this room and ask for a hint on every single puzzle and just like get out in ten minutes. Like we allow you to do that if you want to. You create your own experience, but nobody does that. Like people come in and like want to challenge themselves and then like get help if they need to be pushed along a little bit. So it just shows
1: how much people like like it and like doing it. So when designing a room, I'm always curious about this. Do you first consider the puzzles and then move into creating the motif or do you start with like the motif or the theme and then go into the puzzles? It's always the motif first. You have to know
2: the theme cuz that's how the puzzles get created. So you wouldn't put like a sudoku in like an arctic lab. Like why would that be? <laughs> <hard>? <laughs> I likes to dip you in an ice block. <laughs> yeah. So we definitely, a hundred percent, always start with, with theme. The game development team will come up with something incredibly elaborate and will probably never work, and then we, we think about it, we refine it, create something great. Then Melissa, who is marketing and sort of like the forward face of the company, comes along and is like, we gotta make this a little bit more user friendly and she'll like whittle it down. So, for example, our cure for the common zombie, our original plan was to have a seed bank. Um, Do you know the seed bank? I think it's in Switzerland, I think No, I don't. Um, So there's some place in a Nordic country where they're taking every single seed in the world and putting it in a vault. So in case of a nuclear apocalypse, we have backups of every single seed in the world. So the whole plan was nuclear apocalypse happened and you have to go get the seeds and release them to the world. And then Melissa came along and was like, we need to make that a little bit more friendly for the average person, because people may not know what it is. So we turned uh, Seed Vault into zombie laboratory. So <laughs> same base, a few more zombies. And then once you have zombies, you gotta like, you gotta plan out from them. Otherwise people can tell. If, you're ju- if you just put a puzzle in, because you're like, oh, that's cool. People will come out and be like, that was cool, but why? We're trying to evolve our company from, like locks, I know people love locks. I personally want almost every single lock in the game out replaced with like med locks and different inputs. So instead of like finding the word seek, going over to a lock, opening that lock, I want you to like see symbols on a wall and you have to like touch the symbols in the right order. Then something mm-hmm. pops open across the room. So that's that's kind of the direction we're trying to take the company. Like, yeah.
1: no, that's, I feel like you knew what I was gonna <laughs> ask next because my question that I always end <laughs> It off with is what do you think is coming next in the field of immersive experiences and from what you just said i guess my impression you could tell me if i'm on the right track <laughs> is that we are kind of wanting to take it more from the traditional idea of like escaping in the locks to really even making an immersive experience like one step further because yes. yeah in a mayan temple you wouldn't be like oh there's a lock here that's like a modern day exactly. direction lock <laughs> we, can't have that. we can kind of the school room, but um,
2: and like even in Mayan, we were critically aware of it, even though it was about a year ago that we created it. So, like, we made our own lock boxes and, we're like, These, and put like more realistic symbols on them. And the only old fashioned locks that are in there are on things that like the humans would have owned, so like a toolbox and a, a tent outside the Mayan temple. But when you get into the Mayan temple, no locks
1: at all. I I'm, I'm thinking, like, yeah, actually I don't remember any locks in that one. The
2: Cure for the Common Zombie was after, so we, we had grown a little bit, we had gotten a little bit better. So our first room, there's locks, and it's outside in the Arctic. And then when you get into the zombie lab, I believe there's only one. So <laughs> we're slowly, like, building it up. It's just bigger, it's more immersive. Eventually, like, we've done games with before, like, Corner Support has actors, when we go to museums, they often have actors in them. But to, like, incorporate that through, because it's crazy when you're, like, in a room like that that someone interacts with you.
1: I remember doing the one at Bellevue House with yeah. the actors, and it was, like, yeah, the whole other level, because you're, like, oh my gosh, like, not only do I have to escape this place, but, like, people in this world can appraise how I'm doing, and that just totally messes with you. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting that you're talking about, like, all the considerations to make the world completely immersive because I don't think that if you're not like in an immersive environment, like that's necessarily a thought. In the past, some of the theater shows that we've done, we're like okay, like we want to stage this in like the nineteen seventies, but then the space you get has an HD TV, <laughs> like we can't do this. And there's so many considerations that you have to make to try and really create that world for people. Yeah,
2: people don't notice, but they notice. It's the subtle things that people pick up on. You can't have an TV in the 70s. People are gonna be like, I, I guess, but it's gonna take them a moment. They're gonna have to register that's wrong, decide to ignore it. And like that moment, I want to avoid at all costs. I want like every moment to be
1: perfect from like, start to end. Yeah, it's, it's that quest for perfection. It is, <laughs> it is a tricky one. It's almost that People will notice that they aren't in an immersive environment if like, something is wrong as opposed to if everything is yes. right. It's almost just like, oh, like this is just a world I am in, and people don't like consciously realize that it's not until it's like, oh yeah, there's an HDTV over there, and they're taken yeah. out of it.
2: Yeah, exactly. They do, they do notice if it's right, it's just, it's not the same. Because they will consciously and very quickly notice when it's wrong. Yeah, we have timers in all of our rooms, and like they're all on TVs, and every single time we're just like, uh <laughs>
1: no, <laughs> I hate this.
2: <laughs> but it's
1: like the one concession we make because we're like, people need to know how much time. They yeah, have left. that is that is true. You no, know, I think I I will say, like from experience, I think you do an excellent job of being a versus. I know, like in every one I've done, there's something i'm like no there's no way the room can do that it's just a room and then it's like nope that's the <laughs> room did that thing that i did not expect and it's so exciting so no i think you're doing an awesome job of continuing the field of immersive experiences this is an immersive experiences enthusiast i thank you <laughs> and yeah thank you so much for chatting with me today this is yeah, awesome
0: thank you for coming it was so much fun yeah. <laughs> thank you for listening today If you liked this podcast, be sure to follow Single Thread Theatre on Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram for more updates on our upcoming shows and more information on all things immersive theatre.